we've got yet another election lawsuit. Get ready because Nicolas Cage wants to teach you all about curse words. And we're talking about the latest season of Big Mouth and what the animated series is getting right about race. BuzzFeed's Michael Blackman joins us. The date, December 9th, 2020. The time, news o'clock. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Zach Stafford. Welcome to BuzzFeed's News O'Clock. Okay, Zach, we've got lots to talk about. Let's just dive right in. What have you got for us today? We have so much to talk about, but it also feels like we're talking about the same thing because I have some lawsuits to talk about, Casey. Oh, great, great. (laughs) Yeah, so we've got yet another election lawsuit. This one comes from Texas AG Ken Paxton, who claims that Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania's results don't hold because they didn't follow their state election laws. Here's Paxton explaining why he brought this suit on. You guessed it, Fox News. These elections in other states where state law was not followed as as required by the Constitution affects my voters because these are national elections. And so if they're um, fraudulent activities or things that affect an election and state law is not followed as as is required by the Constitution, it affects it affects our state. It affects every state. Paxton filed the brief to the Supreme Court, but it makes no specific allegations of fraud. Fun fact, Paxton is also under federal investigation himself for bribery. Meanwhile, the Army is punishing 14 officers at Fort Hood after an independent review of the base's command, climate, and culture. Spoiler alert, that culture wasn't great. Army Secretary Ryan McCarthy explained why the independent review came about in the first place in a press conference. The tragic death of Vanessa Guillen and a rash of other challenges at Fort Hood forced us to take a critical look at our systems, our policies, and ourselves. But without leadership, systems don't matter. This is not about metrics, but about possessing the ability to have the human decency to show compassion for our teammates and to look out for the best interests of our soldiers. This report, without a doubt, will cause the Army to change our culture. Vanessa Guillen, the specialist mentioned by McCarthy, disappeared earlier this year and was found dead 30 miles from Fort Hood. Guillen's family said she told them she was being sexually harassed and didn't trust the Army's reporting process. In their review, the independent panel recommended 70 changes be made at Fort Hood and throughout the Army. Okay, here's what I'm taking away from this. First of all, the changes are just recommended. Second of all, is there any specific justice for Vanessa Guillen right now? Has anyone been accused of anything? Not to my knowledge, there hasn't been anything really substantial happening here. You know, the Army and armed forces usually take very vague uh, avenues here because they're trying to protect as many people as possible. It is not right. It is not the correct way to do this. And I know that uh, many people on that base are not feeling good about this. So, you know, we're going to be learning more about this case as we go forward. But, you know, there are allegations here of a sex ring happening, drug trafficking, so much around Guillen herself dying, too. Um, and, of course, her allegations of being sexually harassed. You know, so there's a lot, lot here. So we have more to come there. Yes, definitely a lot to unpack. And before we go, you know, I've lost count on how many times Donald Trump has lost things and continues to lose things with these lawsuits. So, you know, Paxton, I don't know why you stepped up to the plate this week. Well, it just does. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. But you know what? As someone who's involved in bribery, I guess it does make sense. You know, if you're going to be crook, you're going to be a crook, you're always going to be a crook, I guess. I don't know. It just kind of is what it is. But I just don't understand why it 
seems that many people who have had careers before Donald Trump are just willing to continue to torch them for what something that does we... Donald Trump have on them. I mean, T, <laughs> but can we get can we get that investigation going too? Because I would like to know what happened. All right, Casey, what do we have going on in entertainment and pop culture world? Okay, so there's some new casting rumors out around Sony and Marvel's upcoming Spider-Man 3, and it's leading a lot of people to believe that this is not just any Spider-Man movie we have on our hands. Collider is reporting that Andrew Garfield of the 2010s era franchise and Kirsten Dunst of the early 2000s Sam Raimi films are both set to join the cast, and that a deal is also in the works to secure Tobey Maguire. This means that alongside Tom Holland, we may have at least two other Spider-Men and one other Mary Jane, which implies that, yes, we may be entering the multiverse, which could be great news for fans of 2018 Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And, you know, no, no word of this live action iteration will reflect the diversity of the animated film or if we'll just have our three white Spider-Men. <laughs> <laughs> Casey, you're so disappointed uh, am, by well, that. I, I have to say, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is one of my all-time favorite movies. The music is great. The story is great. The emotion is great. The diversity is amazing. And and you know what? It, what I said before is correct. The other Spider-Men are white. <laughs> What's also exciting is that Alfred Molina and Jamie Foxx are both set to reprise their roles as villains, Doc Ock and Electro, respectively. Which is cool. I think they were both really good villains. Although, again, if I if I was to pick a Doc Ock, I really did like the Doc Ock from uh, Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse, but I understand that she is animated. <laughs> Casey, I had no idea you were such a comic book nerd. This is new news for me. I'm not. I just really like, once again, I'll say the movie named Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. This is not sponsored. I would sponsor it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so Zach, I haven't done this. Maybe I should have, but have you ever wondered about the origin of your favorite swear word? No, I have never thought about no, this. No, I've never. And I don't know what that says about us, but Netflix is launching a new show dedicated to tracking down exactly how and why some words have become taboo. And who better to guide us along this journey than our audio engineer's favorite actor, Nicholas Cage? <laughs> In a new trailer released for the show, appropriately titled Nicolas Cage's History of Swear Words, Cage ponders the conception of a certain word used to describe the female anatomy. It is a thing of great wonder and mystery, quivering with complexity, strength, and resilience. However, also buried within a delicate femininity, and dare I even say, naughtiness. Look one way and you see a gentle feline innocence. Look another way and, oh my. <clears throat> yes, it has the power to stir our souls and intoxicate our minds. Men have died for it. My God. <laughs> The show is set. <laughs> so okay, so this show is set to premiere Tuesday, January fifth, and will feature cameos from stars including Sarah Silverman and Nick Offerman. And and my God, Zach, what did we just listen to? I I want to know who Nicolas Cage's agent is. How does he keep booking the most <laughs> insane gigs? Because wasn't it also news a year ago that he was playing himself in a movie or something? Oh yeah, like he was playing the version of himself that doesn't become famous. So like, how does he keep doing this? Is it because our audio engineer Dan is booking him? Is Dan his agent? Is he making all these deals? Uh, Zach, do you want to know a fun fact about Nicolas Cage? What? He was in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> oh, my God. Is Nicolas Cage kind of our, like, Kevin Bacon? There's always, like, a degree of separation from him at all times. Yes. 
God. I don't even like this man. Nicolas Cage, for the record, is one of the few famous white men in Hollywood I've never been attracted to. So I don't understand this obsession with him. <laughs> we'll have to ask Dan about it. Yes. We'll, we'll, I'll call Dan after this. When we come back, we're talking about the new season of Big Mouth with BuzzFeed's Michael Blackman. Stay right there. Fit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Hello, hello. Hey, I don't know if you heard, but my podcast, Checking It, has been nominated for the NAACP Image Award in the category of Outstanding Lifestyle and Self-Help Podcast. I'm grateful for the nomination. I, I almost didn't even do a podcast because I was just wondering, there are thousands of podcasts out there and why is my voice needed? But a nomination from the NAACP lets me know that um, I made the right choice. And I encourage you to do, don't worry if there are thousands of something out that you want to do. No, nobody has your sauce. So listen, you can still vote. Go to vote.naacpimageawards.net. You have until February 5th, um, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And please listen to my podcast. We're a part of the Black Effect Podcast Network on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for checking in. Hey, this is Paris Hilton. Last year, I revealed the story of my abuse at Provo Canyon School. Since then, thousands of survivors have come forward. Now I'm on a mission to expose the truth of the entire industry. In this weekly investigative podcast, me and my host, Rebecca Mellinger and Caroline Cole, will examine one infamous teen treatment facility each season. First up, Provo Canyon School. This one is personal. When you first get there, you have to experience girls screaming, locked up, peeing themselves, in the hallway sleeping, and you're like, where am I? Holy heck, this is not what I expected. Listen to Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Netflix's raunchy animated series Big Mouth has a loyal following, and they released the fourth season this past weekend. But that fourth season didn't come without some serious changes. To talk us through it, we're joined by BuzzFeed News reporter Michael Blackman, who explains some of the changes in his piece, Big Mouth Confronts Its Race Problem. Good afternoon, Michael. Good afternoon. How are y'all? We're great. Thank you so much for being here. All right, let's just jump right on in. So for those who haven't seen the show, can you explain not just what it's about, but why people love it so much? Yeah, so... Big Mouth is a Netflix animated series that follows like a handful of suburban middle schoolers who live just outside of New York City. The show is largely just about like sex and the changes that you go through like in puberty. So most people go through puberty, but we all don't experience it in the same way. And so 
just at that level, the show is just like really, really resonant because people can see themselves in these characters because it's like, that's one of the most awkward times in life. And to see it presented in such a hilarious way, people love tuning in. Okay, so entering the fourth season, Jenny Slate, who voices the character Missy, stepped away from the role so that a Black actor could step in. How has Big Mouth evolved beyond just that one change? Well, essentially, they have gone deeper just in terms of the storytelling as far as introducing uh, characters who are of marginalized communities. So they're not so much... I mean, they are focused on telling everyone's story, but it's just like, it's not necessarily like, the white characters that you're always hearing from. Cause I feel like we have so many examples of just like white boys coming of age and things like that. And I like that there's been this change in television to where it's just like, well, there are other stories that are just as interesting, if not more. So for example, like I really love pen 15. And I think that, um, this season on big mouth, they sort of, um, the, the change is like we have a trans character who's introduced. We also ha- uh, go a bit deeper with uh, this boy named Matthew, who's played by Andrew Reynolds, um, having difficulty coming out to his mom, you know? So it's just uh, the storytelling has gotten a bit better. Giving that casting change, there's a moment where Missy breaks the fourth wall and says, I'm really struggling with my racial identity right now. My mom is white. My dad is black. I am voiced by a white actor who is 37 years old. What follows is a musical interlude that has the internet buzzing. I'll be Will Smith witty, or cool like Diddy, or affable as you please. Cause when you're young and black, you develop a knack for putting the world at ease. It's called code switching, and I'm a master of the dial. I got a different me for every situation. How do you think the show portrayed the idea of code switching and some of their heavier topics? Because they really dig deep into some of them. I have to say, like, I really, really enjoyed this season. And just like watching that scene, I appreciated that there were there were so many layers because it showed that code switching wasn't just like something that you have to do as far as like uh, performing around like white people. But they also showed like you have to perform a certain way if you're around like older black people as well. So I really just I just like that it wasn't like this um, simplistic approach uh, to it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, changing the voice actor for Missy's character wasn't the only thing the show tried to tackle. So what can you tell us about one of the new characters, Natalie? Yeah. Um, so Natalie is uh, a trans character who's introduced in like the first three episodes. Um, she becomes friends with this uh, character named Jesse while at camp. So the thing that I really liked about this was that a lot of people just don't feel like they are introduced to trans stories and to like have a platform like Netflix be as big as it is. And to handle something like that with such care is like a huge, huge deal. Um, so the character, Natalie, she's also going through changes just like anybody else in the show, but like her story is a bit different because like while she has like crushes and things like that, often there are not, uh, people who, want to initiate and like uh talk to her she does experience like this cute moment with like a boy but then it soon turns a bit sour which i think is like very uh true to like how a lot of trans relationships have that i have seen at least have played out as far as like media where you can say you want to be with a trans woman or like do all of these things with them but then like you want to hide you want to hide that fact like in public but in private you can be with them and like love on them and things like that So it's great to see this representation on screen, but then it's also great they have Patty Harrison in the writer's room who is trans. And so, I mean, we see representation on screen and not that is not always reflected in the writer's room. So it's nice to see what Big Mouth is doing. Absolutely. So the conversation surrounding voice acting has been happening for a long time. 
For instance, we know The Simpsons has historically done a terrible job with this, and other shows like BoJack Horseman have faced backlash for not casting their characters appropriately. Why? Is it the network, the creators, etc.? How is this happening? So the way that I look at this is I think a lot of people are just waking up to like the idea of just like how to hire people in a way that's like fair and like getting to equity and things like that. But it's like, I think that so many people have to break themselves out of the idea that like white is just like the default just to talk about the Simpsons specifically. Like this is a show that's been around forever. And it's like, these conversations that we're having online, it's just like, we have like more of an ability to like put people's feet to the fire and say like, Hey, this is wrong. Whereas I feel like this was not really like something that could have been done in like the eighties or nineties, whenever the Simpsons premiered. And then as far as like Bojack Horseman, I know that the creator of that show has uh, talked about this as well. But again, it's like a thing where I don't think that the people have any sort of like malice behind it. I don't think they intend to like go out and say like, Hey, I'm only going to make an entirely an end show made of entirely of white people. But it's just one of those things that just, you can see how it naturally happens because like, you're just like, Oh, well that person is amazing. They should be hired for this role. But I think that like, just going a step further and just like trying to be a bit more thoughtful, especially when you consider the fact that like they're um, when it comes to black and brown people, people who are marginalized in general, they don't have as many opportunities in the animation world in general, just being a bit more thoughtful about like, Hey, let's give this person an opportunity helps to slowly open up doors for people who typically wouldn't have been able to run through them. All right. So Michael, uh, in your piece, you say, quote, the more opportunities voice actors of color are given to play characters who share their identity, the more avenues there are for nuance and authentic depictions. So when it comes to authentic and nuanced depictions, what are you hoping season five of Big Mouth covers in this regard? What I'm hoping for, because I saw this uh, was a conversation of the sort of cropping up online, just to go back to the point of Natalie, while I think that that uh, storyline was handled very well, I felt like they could have gone like a bit deeper into just like the pain of it. There was a really, really great line from that season where she says like I'm a person not something to hide so I think that the more we sort of lean into just like the humanity of trans people I think that that um, can only be something that's like a strength for like this show that's already really really strong when it comes to um, talking about something that's like so taboo which is like sex Oh my God, I think that's a good rule of thumb with everything. Lean into the humanity of people, especially people who are minorities. Like, that's all you got to do, y'all. That's all you got to do. All right, Michael, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for your wonderful piece that has me excited to watch Big Mouth. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. Okay, we have time for one more thing. And uh, that's Nigella Lawson, who is famous for her BBC cooking shows, cookbooks, and simply cooking for pleasure. But she might now become famous for a very different reason. Need a bit of milk, full fat, which I've warmed in the microwave. That's right. That is how Nigella pronounces microwave. Wait, microwave? Is this, is this, do you buy this at the Target? I, I love, I love, I love fake fresh. I do too. I do too because at first I thought she was just like the micro threw me off and I was like, oh, microwave. That's weird. No, and ma'am. then she kept going. And then by the end of the word, I was like, I'm on board. 
microwave. That is hot. That makes radiation sound delicious. I want, I love this so much. Microwave. I'm saying this. I'm always looking for ways to make things sound so bourgeois that are just very mundane. And calling a microwave microwave is that. That is like deeply, deeply Zach Staffer. And I also have been a huge fan of Nigella Lawson for a long time. Side note. This is, this is a good day for you. I'm this so is- happy. You got Spider-Man. I got microwave. We the world is good. I'm happy. This is a great day. Great day, America. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, that's it for today. Join us tomorrow when we're doing a deep dive into Olivia Jade's Red Table Talk apology with BuzzFeed Sachi Cole. And remember, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, please sponsor us. <laughs> please, please. All right, so be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. I haven't really woken up until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. When's the last time you took a time out? I'm Eve Rodsky, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fair Play and Find Your Unicorn Space, activist on the gender division of labor, attorney and family mediator. And I'm Dr. Aditi Narukar, a Harvard physician and medical correspondent with an expertise in the science of stress, resilience, mental health and burnout. We're so excited to share our podcast, Time Out, a production of iHeart Podcasts and Hello Sunshine. We're peeling back the layers around why society makes it so easy to guard men's time like it's diamonds and treat women's time like it's infinite, like sand. And so whether you're partnered with or without children or in a career where you want more boundaries, this is a place for you, for people of all family structures. So take this time out with us to learn, get inspired, and most importantly, reclaim your time. Listen to Time Out, a Fair Play podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Raffi is the voice of some of the happiest songs of our generation. Baby Beluga. So who is the man behind Baby Beluga? Every human being wants to feel respected. When we start with young children, All good things can grow from there. I'm Chris Garcia, comedian, new dad, and host of Finding Raffi, a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Fatherly. Listen every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.